Hey everyone, it's Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, from YourGameSource.com, along with the man, the myth, the legend himself, none other than Killer X Wolf. What's up, Chris? World? What's up, Gerald and World? There you go. It's a beautiful evening in paradise. I know we've got to put our catchphrases in there. And tonight is a very special night. Because uh, this podcast is dedicated to everything gears, so all you oh, gears—that's right. So all you gears heads out there, just uh, listen in, relax, kick back, get your chainsaws ready, and uh, listen in on our thoughts uh, of the latest iteration of the Gears of War franchise, Gears of War Judgment. Um, I think I'll start off, Chris, uh, with your thoughts, because you originally got a chance to play a preview copy of the game um, and also got a chance to play extensively the multiplayer before you did your review on it, and uh, yours is our definitive review. If everyone out there wants to take a closer look at it, it's available uh, on our reviews page at yourgamesource.com. It's also available on our mobile app, so if you're just listening on your cell phone right now, it's actually on our front page, if you see Chris's face trying to uh, chainsaw Marcus Phoenix, just click on Chris's face, and you'll be able to download the mobile app in just a few seconds, and boom, you'll be able to get all the game source goodness, including our review of Gears of War Judgment. We've got a whole bunch of audio reviews, all of our podcasts, all the latest news, and also our, our blogs, also on our mobile app as well, so... Uh, Chris, I'll let you take it away on your thoughts on Gears of War Judgment. Nice. Um, well, as far as Gears of War Judgment, uh, I don't want to go into a huge, huge rant for it. They're they're trying, uh, well, as you can tell with Epic, they, they kind of moved away from this. They didn't do full development on this, and uh, People Can Fly are the actual developers of this um, game. And uh, what game did they do previously? I think every uh, if they're not familiar with their work previously, they did recently had a hit um, in the name of. Um, if you're talking about Bulletstorm, that is correct. Yes, and that was uh, what had come out right before Gears of War three. Um, that's correct. It was a solid selling title. It wasn't uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure in Epic's mind it was as uh, well-received as they were hoping it would be, but it still wasn't a uh, major disappointment by any stretch of the imagination. It was a moderate, uh, moderately good seller, and uh, critical-wise, uh, it uh, actually d- did fairly well. So, Yeah, and I found it as a very entertaining game. Uh, it still kept the, the looks of Gears of War, and it had a different, uh, different outlook, I guess, uh, as far as who it was trying to reach out to, it didn't seem to be just for Gears of War fans, but also um, a little bit more of, like, comedic fans, because it was more of a funny game than it was a... They tried to use a lot of humor, and... And also the point system that they were trying to incorporate in it. I thought that was kind yeah. of unique. That's the... I think that's the most thing... Uh, the most distinctive thing that stuck out for me, plus their combo system. Oh, uh, yeah. But... Especially kicking people around and then throwing them around with a leash and then blasting them off into space and then hitting them with a grenade. I mean, if you can keep doing that kind of stuff, you wouldn't expect that in a shooter. Maybe in uh, Street Fighter or something, but 
It was a neat, uh, neat addition. And actually, because People Can Fly did that in Bulletstorm, they were able to add that a little bit into uh, Gears of War Judgment as well. Not so much a combo system, but a point system. Okay. And how is that incorporated into the game? Well, in the, the main story, uh, through each chapter and each section you do, you're rated and you're graded on your your combat ability, how many kills you get, your headshots, your executions, uh, how many times you're not downed. Um, and then, of course, with the uh, optional declassified missions per chapter, uh, you get graded on how well you do that round, and it earns you either a one, two, or three-star rating. And, I mean, it, it just helps you to unlock stuff later. You get achievements, or you unlock prize boxes and stuff along those sorts as well as weapon skins. So, and actually with uh, one thing that they have is if you get a certain amount of stars, I believe it's 40, then you unlock the Aftermath, uh, which is another chapter of the campaign. So okay. they have a lot of, I guess they have a lot of uh, points or a bunch of uh, uh, skills that you are needed to complete just to make sure that the game is progressed nicely instead of having your AI uh, kill everything or you just run through and you keep getting downed um, then you can't unlock these extra things. Well, tell uh, everyone out there if they haven't played the game yet, because it just came out uh, recently, where exactly in the Gears of War universe is the setting? And Gears of War Judgment is taking place before the Gears of War 1, 2, or 3 trilogy. Um, this is actually just shortly after Emergence Day had occurred. Um, so the planet Sarah is just getting to know what these locusts are. They they know very few of, of which locusts are out there. Um, you are actually learning about more and more of the regular locusts you would see in Gears of War 1, 2, or 3, and how they first encountered them. Um, this was before Lambent was a... It, Lambent was a type of uh, uh, locust, or it was like a mutated locust. This was before they were even known, before anyone even knew what this fuel source was doing um but with with everything that's been going on uh it leads up and it has a very good backstory of why uh this whole i guess gears of war franchise is starting why these cogs are trying to save these cities and why they're trying to get rid of all these uh locusts and it shows you the first main big locust before general ram that was causing all of this to happen okay and uh, because you, you know, it talked about that the waste uh, doing this to the uh, to the to the locust, um, and that was described in great detail. And actually, you got to see that happen in Gears of War Three, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Yes, at the very end. Okay. Well, it starts off as far as the actual story taking place. Um, who does it involve that they, that they're uh, that the people might be familiar with out there? Oh, of course, yes, the main character's main protagonist. Uh, as far as this game, this is before Marcus Phoenix and uh, Dominic Santiago are actually in the COG... Well, no, not before they're in the COG army, but before they are the main characters. Before uh, you meet up with them when um, Dom Delta frees Marcus Phoenix from jail uh, yes. in the first Gears of War, is that correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. And uh, this was the original Delta Squad, and this is consisting of, uh, everyone should know, Lieutenant Baird. Um, he's the main protagonist of this story, and he's telling, 
his whole point of view, well, mostly his point of view throughout the game. Uh, alongside of him, you have Augustus Cole, the Coltrane, and you have two new people that are not, you might not be familiar with unless you've read the novels or you've read in the backstory. But, Boy, uh, you're talking about Sophia Hendrick first off. And, yes, that's uh, Hendrick. And uh, as far as, it's Kilo Squad, correct? That That's the name of the squad? It was in Delta. Kilo, yeah, sorry, they're in Kilo. They form as Delta in Gears of War 1. That's, I got those mixed up, sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, but, yeah, they were, they were as Kilo Squad, those four. Uh, and then the Russian you were talking about was Geron Baduk. Yes. And uh, he, he, has like actually, he has, like, a nasty uh, – he has, like, nasty shaving cut, um, if people will notice out there, that uh, really – Yeah, uh, it's, it's an ugly scar that you can definitely uh, appreciate. And it shows he's a battle-hard veteran. Um, it's from a, it's from a previous war, correct? Correct. Um, it was actually uh, – well, if they read the it. book, uh, Aspo Fields, A- Aspo, A S P H O. Okay. So it, it was a uh, it's a dead like like a graveyard that that was being taken over, and it had a science uh, like a science building in there that they were trying to save. But aside from that novel, um, I don't think he was he might have been in there, but previously to that, because uh, technically in Aspo Fields that was Delta Squad that was there. Uh, Kilo Squad, this is still before that first book, and uh, he was in a war against the Cogs, nonetheless. It was before the Locusts were, were main enemies, and the Cogs, the Coalition of Governments, were in a war with some other Russian group or some... Well, actually, I can't even say they're Russian. They're from a different planet. So uh, they, were, they were in a fight, and he was injured. However, he then joined the Cogs to help with this Locust uh, outbreak. Okay. So, so a very weird backstory for him. Okay. Um but it goes on before uh Gears of War uh, before the novels of Gears of War. Now I want to ask you a question um because okay. it it's taking place previously uh in the franchise similar to what uh God of War uh Ascension um has done um and i'm going to touch on this with uh steph and 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 or jamie if i can get those two down uh because they as far as uh for a podcast to talk about gears uh god of war i want to talk about and ask does this make the story um sort of um incohesive in regards to the fact that it's taking place and as a uh Precursor to the actual series that is uh, that it's known for. Um, does it kind of make it? A, does it kind of make it like a jumble mess? It, it is a little bit confusing. Um, I really think that I really think they went way way too far back in the past. Do you have to read the books? It feels like if you read the books, you would understand this a little bit more because in the books they do mention Sophia. And uh, because Sophia was there in the Pendulum Wars, and the first book talks a little bit about the Pendulum Wars, so there was a little bit of a uh, of a backstory to her, or I would say a forward story to her, um, if you read the books. But not necessarily like uh, since I've read the books, I know what it's what some of these people are about. However, if you didn't read them. 
you would probably just have to follow the story once or twice to understand what's going on back then. You would have a good 20-year gap. I would say maybe a 10-year gap, and then Gears of War 1 would start. So you would lose a little bit of the of the Gears of War lore. <laughs> Gears of War lore. And um, it might jumble around or it might confuse people a little bit. Okay. Um, so... Th- as far as from what I've seen and what I've played, um, it takes place during a, a, a recanting of, of their of a situation that happened um, to them, or how they disobeyed orders because their current they were um, their current position was in a military tribunal. Correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Um, and who are they interacting with, uh, or who is behind actually imprisoning them in the first place in this military tribunal? Uh, it's their current. It's their current colonel, uh, Ezra. Uh, Ezra, was it Loomis? I think his name is. Yeah, Ezra Loomis. That's correct. Okay, and he's right now. Uh, he's kind of like the Hoffman, if you played the first three of Gears of War Judgment, and he was. Uh, he's basically calling them out for a uh, a tactic that uh, that they had done that I don't want to spoil because it's explained later, that is causing them to uh, put a lot, of people, a lot of people at risk. And even though Baird thought it was the right thing to do and his team was behind the whole way, the colonel is completely against it. And so the whole trial that's going on is to prove uh, what good was coming out of Sophia and Garon had uh, performed these tasks. Okay. And so, how does it lay out as far as the concern? Where does it actually, the Gears of War Judgment, you're saying they're recanting their stories. What exactly are they on trial for? Well, I don't know if I should spoil that much into the story, because it is, well, what they've basically done is, uh, Kilo Squad had taken, uh, I'm trying they, to say this without spoiling anything. Did they disobey orders from a direct uh, command of the colonel? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Okay, they, they, yeah, they uh, they were told to do one thing. They said, okay, but we're going to do it our own way. And the colonel basically said no. And they said, okay, we're not going to follow your orders then. Okay. And... Finished it. Uh, the Basically, you, you traitors, you're you're trying to just you're disobeying my orders, and then so he takes them to trial. And even though the tactics or or what they had done might or might not have worked, you won't know until you play the game. Uh, they they are being punished for it either way, and that's how this backstory is going on until you reach the end, and then it tells you a little bit more about what's happening. Okay. Um, tell us, uh, actually out there, what are some of the options as far as during the gameplay and the campaign itself? I know we're going to touch on multiplayer, which is uh, the staple of the Gears of War franchise, but oh, yeah. uh, I know a lot of uh, people like myself have had mixed feelings in the past about uh, the campaign as a whole uh, in each of the previous games. So I want to touch on that first exactly what kind of things are implemented that might be new and improved or different in the uh, Gears of War campaign this this time around. 
Well, with this Gears of War and Judgment, they um, they kind of went to a different, a similar but different uh, outlook. So instead of doing uh, your regular acts and then your chapters per act, and could be anywhere from a, a four-minute playthrough to a 15, 20-minute playthrough for each uh, session. And there's a total of, I think, 42 sections in the game. Uh, which does add up to be quite a lengthy bit. And each section is graded, like I said earlier, with the star system, so how well you do uh, per objective or how many kills you get, how many headshots, execution, and so forth. Um, as well as in each one, they have the new declassified optional missions. And this is to enhance the game a little bit. It also explains a little bit more about the weapons or the locusts that they have encountered, um, and it puts a little bit more into the story for uh, for the game. It's not necessary to do these. They just recommend it, or they put them in there, so that way the the people that want more story have more story. And the people that want more challenge have a harder and a more uh, challenging gameplay. So some of them might be where these optional missions have you run through with only a pistol, or you're, the wretches are, instead of regular wretches, they're dark wretches that explode, like the Lambit. And they would explain how these people came here, how they lost everything and only had their pistols. And it just puts a little bit more of a, of a story into the game. Personally, I like the declassified missions. And personally, I do not like the section chapter things that they have. They're really too fast. But, um, I think that as as a campaign for those two pieces, those are the biggest things they've added. Uh, another thing a little bit is that they've added four-player co-op. So if you want to play with four people at one time, uh, that is now possible. So Now, the declassified missions and the declassified options, uh, you and I have a difference of opinion on that one. Um, I think really? um, just I thought the – the things that it was asking you to to, to do um, in order to unlock, um, how should I say, more information into the story, um, I really it, it made it it didn't make it challenging. It just made it less fun for the player. Uh, for instance, when it asks you to go ahead uh, and complete a wave uh, of enemies with. Um, a the hammer burst, for instance, which uh, is probably one of the least popular uh, weapons in the Gears franchise. Uh, I do not like it. I never touch it. I never use it. Um, I actually would probably go if I had my weapon with no ammo and that with full ammo. I go without it. Um, but yet, I'm I'm in order to find out more of the story. I'm forced to use it or um, extremely limited visibility. Uh, things of that nature and it's just it's not that it's the challenge aspect of it's just the fact that these what they're asking to do is just not making any more entertaining for me as a player I don't know well what uh, about the time limit ones are those ones the time limit ones are alright but it really again what does that have you do that just makes you do your version of a speed run and for most players um, doing a speed run is is not a great option for them. Uh, most people are, are like me who like to go and casually go through the game. I mean, speed run are for for a small 
amount of gamers that just want to go ahead and, and record this on video for, for YouTube or Twitch TV or whatnot so they can brag to their friends. What you're asking to do when you do these time limits is you're asking the player to speed up uh, what they want them to do, what they want to do. And yes, it does, does make, uh, uh, as far as for the player to just think faster and do more, um, and, and do more things. Uh, but then again, it also makes it, in a lot of cases, just, I just run right through. Uh, when I was asked to do it in a short amount of time limit, in the times that I played the declassified missions with the time limit, I just, just, all I did was sprint. Sprint, hit, sprint, hit, sprint, and just go. And, and really just, you know, I didn't get to do the many kills or the many things that I'd like to do in the actual game that I, I love doing in a Gears franchise. Um, how how was it for you? Like the declassified missions? Yeah. The, how, how, did, how did you approach them and how did you, uh, what were your impressions that you came away with? I, I've done every single one. And I personally, there were some that I admit I didn't like, like the uh, reduced visibility. Um, in, in a way, I don't think that even related to the story too much. But I, I felt that the challenge as well for it was something you would never see in another game or you wouldn't see in another chapter. And it actually was a lot, it was a lot of fun for me because uh, I couldn't see anything. And I was just kind of running around, like shooting everything that moved. And then I realized I was shooting my teammates because they kept saying, watch your fire. And I, I felt like, it, I mean, it might have been tedious, but... I felt like I was having a little bit more fun because it wasn't, it was unexpected. Uh, I, it said reduced visibility and I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's just going to blur a little bit. Um, or the poisonous gas where it makes your vision obscured a little bit. And then when you see it and you're like, holy crap, you can't see two feet in front of you. And your screen is, looks like you're on LSD or some kind of drug. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was fun. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't expect it to be this hardcore, this, this much of a change. So instead of it being like tedious, I found it more challenging and more fun for me. Okay. Um, I want to touch on something as far as uh, that has been a hit and miss for, for the Gears series. Um, obviously the fact that they were the first to incorporate a four, uh, really one of the first to incorporate a four player co-op um, as a, uh, uh, was truly a, a breakthrough and, and truly made it much more enjoyable. But if you don't have that luxury and you play offline, uh, you have your AI uh, friends, and uh, that's one thing I want to touch off with the, uh, on with you. Uh, did they? Did it seem to me that that Gears of War Judgment, the AI on it, was really not up to par either from a enemy or from a uh, friendly standpoint? Well, as far as the friendlies, um, no, I'll start with enemies. Enemies, they are still hard. If you put a, the game on insane, if you play it on casual, you notice a difference in, in difficulty. Uh, I, I do like what they've done as far as uh, adding in a couple of the new uh, enemies as well, but at least they know how to work and they do work the right way, um, and some of them are still pains in, pains in the rear, but the enemies were good. Now, the co-op ones that you have, uh, if you do not play with three other players, if you're playing offline or single player, and uh, Kilo Squad will all be AI-operated or computer-operated, and 
the, at first, I thought this was a horrible idea. I thought it was going to kill the game. I thought it was going to be a, a stupid thing. Um, but after playing a little bit, they do come a little in handy. Um, I still don't like the fact that you have the four or the three others there with you. But if you get downed, if you're not playing on insane and you get downed, uh, they do pick you up pretty fast. Uh, they do draw some enemy attention so that way you don't have to be the one being hit by every bullet and every wretch and every ticker. But uh, I, I, I'm a little indifferent with them now. At first I hated them. Now I'm like a – out of one to ten stars, I'm at like the five – point for them. Well, it just to me it seemed like it suffered from the Call of Duty AI, uh, where enemy and um, enemy and friendly are actually literally standing next to each other, almost to give each other the high five at times because uh, they were just uh, uh, the AI seemed to be uh, a little bit on end. And this only this happened a few times. Uh, I, so that's yeah. why I'm actually remarking on it. Uh, I've known it from, from my days playing all the Call of Duties um, oh, yeah. that, that's had a tendency to happen, but uh, I was surprised when I saw it from the Gears of War standpoint uh, as much as I did in this game, because I had not seen it as much in the other game, Gears of War games uh, as this one. Um, but I don't want to go on just, you know, my little f- issues with the game. Uh, um, I do want to say the actual core gameplay is, is still Gears of War outstanding, and uh, I hope you can touch on that um, as far as um, the challenges within the campaign. Uh, for instance, taking on, because everybody knows in Gears of War, there, there's actually some really decent boss battles. How are they to you? Well, without going too much into spoilers, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, saying. Um, well, the bosses, uh, the they're, they're very different in this one, because not all, all of them are just bosses. Some of them are challenges as well, but still they do keep a very uh, high uh, high suspense, a high uh, energy level where you're just always wanting to, to see what's going to happen if you're close to beating him, what's going on, what's going to happen next, uh, can you kill him or this or that. And it, it really keeps you on your toes as you're playing the last levels or playing the boss levels. I think that they could have made uh, certain ones either um, either more complex and more challenging. Some of them just seem very simple, and you saw it, and you're like, yes, now what do I do? Oh, that's over? Oh, okay. Next one. And it just didn't feel like they – it felt like they could have added something else into it. But it uh, aside from that, most of the bosses and most of the, the enemies still ended up uh, being pretty fairly well, uh, like as far as mechanics and as far as difficulty, uh, to me, I think it was they were well added in there, like especially in the right places. Oh, sorry, I had that on mute. Uh, oh, you're fine. <laughs> I just said something really cool and clever, and and it didn't get on the airwaves. Uh, <laughs> now, just. You know, you've touched on as far as the campaign is concerned and your thoughts on it, and uh, in your opinion, uh, it seems to be something that, that's pretty solid that people will enjoy going through. Uh, tell me your thoughts on, on the multiplayer, uh, because as everybody knows, the Gears of War franchise, uh, the multiplayer options are pretty much the reason why people tend to gravitate towards the series. 
So in your words, tell me about the multiplayer options that are available, what your thoughts are on them, and what you would have liked to see included, or maybe something that may have uh, not met your expectations. Because, you know, you and I have discussed before on Gears of War Judgment, it was kind of missing something that, uh, it was actually kind of surprising that it was missing something, so. Well, the multiplayer had, I, I think, since it is a hit or miss on this game, I still think they hit it well, but they did miss, or they did get rid of a lot of things as well. Um, I, where should I start on this? I guess... The good. We're going to start off with these good things they added. Uh, with the multiplayer adding in a free-for-all option as well as a, uh, as a new game type called Overrun, it's basically from Gears of War 3, Beast Mode and Horde Mode combined. Uh, five versus five, Locust versus Horde, or Locust versus Cogs, and they're, uh, trying to defend and attack a base. Uh, Locust obviously attacking the base, Cogs defending it. But, it was a very nice new game style. A lot of people love it. Um, uh, I would say almost half the people online, or maybe a little bit less than half the people online, are playing Overrun every every time I see uh, the online status. And uh, those two just provide more versatility, more things to do online. But really nice. I like it. Uh, with the new weapons, they're really good. Um, they still kept all the other good ones. They kept, uh, they now have two different hammer bursts. The people that love the semi-automatic and the, uh, burst round shot, they have both of them on there. They have their Lancer, Retro Lancer, Shotgun, uh, Nasher and the Sawed-Off, uh, like two different sniper rifles now. They have two different boom shots. They have a bunch of different weapons to play with. And they also allow for starting weapons to be changed up. So both of those are very nice. Um, I, I, I guess, uh, the, the, the maps that they have are really nicely made as well. Very well designed for two teams, or even if you're doing a free-for-all for everyone to hide or to have their own, uh, little spawn point without being spawn killed. Mostly, for the most part, at least. Uh, but I think as far as that, that's probably the best of the good. There are probably a couple other things I'm missing. Right now, like, my mind just keeps saying, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And there are quite a bit of things that they could have improved on. And I don't know if you, Gerald, had uh, seen anything or if you know, like, tell me, like, your number one pet peeve with the multiplayer if you have something. Oh, absolutely. No horde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. I mean, it, so, it, I mean, with all due respect, Chris, because you are, you and Sam, uh, are the two two of the biggest gearheads I know and and fanatics on the game? Um, yes. You two were the biggest reason why um, Gears of War three uh, for the year two thousand eleven uh, it was our game of the year. And um, I just want to say that that you know the Gears franchise it, it invented uh the horde mode um, that everybody else has you know replicated to death. But, you know, Gears, with every Gears iteration, um, the Horde mode has been uh, utilized and um, added on to each and every time, you know, with Gears of War 3 and whatnot. I was very surprised to see Horde mode not included, uh, seeing as how it's it's their baby, pretty much. And it, 
um, it provides at, at at the very least it provides a different option that people will still try out and maybe stick to um, outside of just playing overrun and deathmatch. So that's true. I, I have to completely agree. The removal of horde. Because um, because let me ask this because let me ask you this um, with the Gears of War franchise how was Horde mode t- uh, to you as far as that something that you stuck with you that something that you played with extensively tell me your thoughts on the Horde mode um, on Horde mode I mean I I admit I played a crap ton of it I probably didn't play as much as just like um, a competitive multiplayer but the fact that you had a cooperative multiplayer option as well as it leveled you up and there were extra features for it i mean it it was it was the baby of it it was the dawning of of a of a survival type uh cooperative and it was great um i played uh how many waves did i play of horde mode um (laughs) i would say thousands of waves at least and uh i would i think in gears of war 3 i Got to wave 50, or I beat wave 50 on like five different maps. Um, none of them on insane. That was that was one of my goals I tried to do before the before I before I slowly stopped playing the game. Um, but none of the uh, none of the horde mode was bad. It was a great thing. So why they took it out uh, and replaced it with overrun. Well, it's not just replacing it with Overrun. That's great that they added Overrun. I mean, you and I got to play it last year at E3. Uh, And it was great. It was great. And it's still great. I mean, in fact, I want to just touch on this, and I'll touch on it at the end of the show again. You got a chance to show everyone uh, a little taste of the Overrun mode on our YouTube channel at yourgamesource.com. Just check out the playlist, um, the CNC mother, I'll let you fill in the blank, everyone out there, a playlist. Beep. Yes, exactly. Um, you can check it out, or it's actually one of our most popular videos right now, so if you want to check it out, uh, go ahead and do so. Um, yeah. That gives, you know, you played with it the extensively on that video, and... Uh, oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I know you, you've spoken well about it, but I just... You know, to have that as a different option, uh, you know, with the Horde mode 3.0 added onto it would have been, uh, I think, a better, um, better things for people to stay uh, latched on to get the uh, Gears of War Judgment game. Yeah, if they kept both, that would have been great. Um, and because, like, another bad thing that they had done for this is the limitation of what you can do. I feel it's almost an expansion versus an actual game. Uh, for example, four multiplayer maps is definitely not enough. Uh, no, I agree with you. And the days were, were um, initially start off, you know, there's seven to ten maps that games typically start off with now these days. Yeah. Before they add the DLC onto it, um, it's it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, and I know that the, they're going to have nine multiplayer maps on, uh, released, and you can get the season pass, or you can buy them individually. Um, but I mean, the fact that they're going to have nine DLC, and that's almost no, that that's over double the amount that they have originally from out of the disc. It, it doesn't make sense on how they they did that. I well, mean, it, if they it, set out with six it maps does and be, when eight. you consider that they just wanted to make more 
uh, try to generate as much revenue as they can off it. So. Yeah. But I think uh, the fact that they only have four maps out of the box was uh, kind of disappointing. Had they done six or seven, I don't think anybody would be complaining about that. But when you're only doing four, I think that's a disservice to the, fran- to the fans and sends a, a direct message on exactly what you want the fans to do. Yeah. I mean, I think the Gears of War, yeah, the Gears of War 3 early access beta had four maps. And that was just the beta. Then when the game actually came out, it had, uh, I think it was eight maps. Yeah. Yeah, eight maps to play. Uh, and then, of course, the season pass unlocked another, like, six more maps. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that it was so, so confined. There wasn't too many things to do. Um, another thing is the lack of game modes, because even though they added in free-for-all and overrun, they only kept domination and team deathmatch. So that means only four types of games you can play. They did add also survival, uh, which I guess is the closest thing to Horde, but not exactly. Yeah, if it's not actually Horde, it's 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 not, you know... Uh, it's not the yeah. actual real thing, so... Actually, I would say it's more like Overrun with uh, computers playing the uh, the Locust. That's okay. the best way to put it, is you're just playing Overrun with AI-controlled Locust, and you play as the cog the whole time. So if I gave you actually a good five minutes to just tell people out there the wonders of Gears of War Judgment, um, with both the combining both the elements that you really like from the, the campaign, the multiplayer... Um, as a, you know, as a synopsis of what the game is all about, um, I'm going to give you five minutes on it. So, right now, all right. the clock is okay. ticking. <laughs> all right, guys. So, world, I want you guys to know that Gears of War Judgment, uh, being the uh, predecessor to the Gears of War trilogy, it is going to give you a great backstory of what happened to the cogs and what happened to this army and what's happened to two of the other protagonists, uh, Damon Baird and Augustus Cole. And it's going to let you know what they've done and how their uh, status is affecting what they are going to do in Gears of War 1, 2, and 3 if you haven't even played them yet. Um, but uh, the story is going is a really nicely formatted. It tells a very fluid uh, timeline of what went on um, there was a lot of drama, a lot of comedy, a lot of action. They they kept to their Gears of War, uh, or their, I guess, yeah, their Gears of War feel. So that way you still feel like you're playing the exact same game in a different time zone or different time era. Of Where am I going? <laughs> Through, uh, throughout the campaign, um, you, you might want to stick with the, in my opinion, you might want to stick with trying to get all of the declassified missions in there. Uh, I know some of them might be tedious, but they do provide a little bit more challenge and a little bit more story. Um, some of them do, not all, but at least to get the full feel of the game, play through that. Also, get maybe a friend, two or three, and play it with a uh, friend because the campaign is just always better with more people. And if you can play with the least amount of AI, it, it goes by a lot faster. It goes a lot more interesting and Heck, I mean, you could probably do it a lot better on Insane with four people than you and three bots. Um, moving into the uh, multiplayer for, uh, forte of this, 
it's very good. It's still a little bit limited, but uh, I can definitely see if you spent $20 more for the uh, season pass, the game is going to be much better. They are going to add in a lot more game types. They are adding in, or uh, I think it was three game types and nine multiplayer maps. You will be able to uh, have a little bit more skins and a little bit more uh, customization towards your character and your guns. You probably don't, you, you probably won't need to spend any extra money outside of the $20. There are ways that you can buy uh, skins for your character and guns out there, but that's really only if you want to do those microtransactions to make your character or your gun look a little bit cooler. Don't necessarily need to do that, guys. Uh, um, I would say that if you stuck with playing online with friends, doing ranked matches or quick matches, however you want to do it, uh, try out with the overrun. It is well worth it. Uh, the free-for-all mode is pretty cool. The customization of your guns, your characters, those were all very nice things. Makes the game a little bit more interesting. And the, the some the things that they did add, like the overrun, they kept that extremely fun. It's going to be a time-consuming type of uh, uh, game type. And I think almost anyone can agree with me that they've had fun playing it if they've tried it through the beta or if they have the game now. If you haven't had the game, <laughs> trust me, it is a fun thing that they've added in. But your they do have a couple downsides. The very few maps you can play on, the very few game types you can play on, uh, both of those are a little... Uh, a little annoying just to keep doing the same same things over and over again. Uh, another thing that I've noticed uh, that's a little bit discerning to me, at least, is that everyone is a cog. There are no more locusts in multiplayer unless you do overrun. Um, they, they now have it where it's red versus blue. And uh, not not to be like... Halo or anything like that, but it is a little bit now where you just have a bunch of cogs running around in red and cogs running around in blue, and they're going head to head. Another thing that's a little bit, a little bit of an annoyance to me is if you've played Gears of War one, two, and three, uh, and they made the controls a little bit easier and harder at the same time, kind of tedious to try to relearn everything. For example, they kind of made the controls like Call of Duty, so you can. And that's the easiest way I can put it because your weapon switch is Y. Your uh, grenades are just a single button. So they make the, the game a little bit easier in that aspect, but it's harder for someone like me who's used to Gears of War 3 and I push up on the directional pad to pull up my grenades and I can't do that anymore. So it it's a little bit of an annoyance in that way as well. But uh, as soon as you get used to it, I can see it being very much easier. I can see it attracting a lot more people that were not used to the Gears of War games and now can get into the Gears of War games because it's different. It's it's a little bit a uh, little bit of a easier way into a third person shooter like this. Fair enough. So, uh what is your overall score for the game? Uh, overall, if you read over my review, or if you're going to go read it now, I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but it's an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I'm giving this a little bit of a leniency on there. Uh, from from the good and the bad, uh, accounting at all, normally I'm a gears head. I'm going to give everything a 10 or 9.5. This one I can't give it to that because it doesn't feel like a completed game. They, they have a great story, and it's, I would say it's a completed story, but the multiplayer that 
that they've changed and that they've added and deleted stuff from, it doesn't feel like it's a full multiplayer type game. It doesn't feel like a game that I can be hooked on for months and months and months like I was on uh, number three, playing Horde mode for two months and then playing multiplayer for two more months. It, it just seems like I'm not as interested anymore. And I still love Gears. I still love what they've done. I'm just not going to give it the best of scores that I've always given. So 8.5. Okay. And for more uh, on that, they can check out a reviews page at www.yourgamesource.com. Uh, Chris, what's your page on our on our site? You can go to yourgamesource.com and click on my face, but it's uh, the X Killer X Wolf X page, and you can read all my reviews, including the one for my Gears of War. And uh, I don't think we've put it up on my page but maybe even a little link or a little notification about the the videos I've been making or we've been making. Oh, actually, well, that will do. Uh, we'll add that to your page, so by the time they hear this, uh, everything will be added up because you actually have done a demo of Overrun again on our YourGameSource.com YouTube page uh, if they want to check out actually live footage of that. Any uh, thing in the future coming up for you on the on that? I know you've done also as well a, a great job of uh, and check it out on our yourgamesource.com YouTube page uh, for all your coverage of the El Shaddai CNC playthroughs. Exactly, and uh, with that, I mean I'm I'm getting in a couple more of those little uh, little games or little. Uh, uh, playthroughs that I've I've heard a couple of people say are good, and I'm trying to get out a a more more knowledge for these games that haven't been getting the popularity that they need. Or I've also been playing some games that people wanted to see, like uh, Gears of War Overrun and other stuff like that. Okay, fair enough. And uh, will you be actually uh, putting more footage of uh, Gears of War Judgment on there as well? Uh, I will. I might do some of the campaign, or some sorry, some of the multiplayer to show the different game types, the different weapon sets, uh, different customizations, but, uh, yeah, I'll have some of those up there really soon. Okay, fair enough. Uh, once again, this is uh, Gerald, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives, along with Chris, Killer Rex Wolf. Say goodnight, Chris. And especially you, Gerald. Thank you for getting on. <laughs> All right. Good night, world. Good night, world, and that's right. For all your latest information on the video gaming world, please contact us at yourgamesource at yahoo.com for any questions or comments on this, or go to our Game Source page uh, on Facebook, um, or as well, check us out, yourgamesource.com, and you can also download our Game Source mobile app so you can have all the goodness that is Game Source right on your mobile phone. Once again, this has been a Gears Award Judgment Special from EuroGamesource.com, and have a good one.